Hello Pod, I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to the latest Empire Podcast preview special. We seem to have fallen into a nice little habit of late of doing these ahead of must-watch TV shows and Miss Marvel certainly falls into that category. It's the latest MCU show to hit Disney+, Plus, which it does this Wednesday, June 8th. And like Moonlight before it, it's a show that introduces a brand new character who's going to be a major player in the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward. That character is Kamala Khan, aka Miss Marvel, a young Pakistani-American girl who lives in Jersey City with her family and who suddenly finds herself imbued with cosmic powers, which she takes in her stride given that she's a massive fan of the Avengers in general, and one Avenger in particular, Carol Danvers, aka Captain Marvel. And in fact, she bases some of her look on Captain Marvel. And will next be seen in the Marvels, the Captain Marvel sequel. It's all connected. Anyway, I've seen the first two episodes, and let me tell you, Moon Knight brought us a character in Stephen Grant that you pretty much fell in love with right away, and they've done it again with Kamala Khan, played by newcomer and massive MCU fan. She could give us a run for our money, I feel. Iman Falani, who has a poise, assuredness, confidence and swagger way beyond her year. She pops right off the screen from the start, even before she gets her powers, which have been, somewhat controversially, tweaked slightly for this show. That's just one of the things I talked about during the three interviews you're about to hear with the creative team behind the six-episode series. Head directors Adil and Bilal, head writer and creator Bisha K. Ali, and producer and actual Kamala Khan co-creator Sana Amanet. Now, this isn't a spoiler special. It is a preview of Miss Marvel. It's designed to whet your appetite for what's to come, but we do talk about the first two episodes and certain things that happen in those first two episodes. Sometimes we talk about those things overtly, sometimes we dance around them and talk about them in the abstract. So you might want to listen to a couple of the interviews after you've seen the first episode. It's entirely up to you. But I will say that the show, like its title character, is so far a breath of fresh air that looks and feels unlike anything we've seen in the MCU so far, particularly on the small screen. Part of that comes from the visual template laid down by Adil El-Farbi and Bilal Falal, the directors of the first and last episode and executive producers on the show. I spoke to them first, and even though this is a shorter interview than usual for the Empire podcast, the two of them are such whirlwinds of energy that they packed enough in for a slot twice the length. So here we go, Adil and Bilal, as they like to be known, talking about establishing that visual template and energy Introducing Kamala Khan as a character, the show's emphasis on character over conflict in those first two episodes, and the giant set piece that ends the first episode. And yes, some small spoilers abound for that. Oh, and Adil is the first of the duo to speak. Do please enjoy. We are delighted to be joined on the Empire Podcast uh, for this Miss Marvel preview special by the directors of the first episode, Adil and Balal. How are you guys? I'm good. We're good. Yeah, we're good. We're the, we're the directors of the first and the, the last one. And we're also executive producer of, of you know, following the whole show. So Indeed. Every Which is exactly what my next question was. So thank you so much for that. Indeed. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As a patient, yeah, read your mind, bro. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, or or I'm just so predictable. One of the two. Uh, but I, I was going to ask about that actually because you have directed the last episode as well, and uh, as executive producers on the show, it's very much up to you as the head directors as well to set the visual template for Miss Marvel. And that's one of the things I loved about it: how fresh this feels and how different this feels. How energetic was your pitch to do Marvel in the first place? Can you talk me through that? Well, it's a bit the, as energetic as we are. <laughs> so the Moroccan Bel- Belgium flavor flave. Uh, but it was the beginning <laughs> of our DP, uh, Robrecht Hava, who did all our Belgian movies and Bad Boys for Life. We, we really wanted to have something that translates that vibrancy that was present in the comic book. The, pre- the comic book is very colorful. It's, it has really like cool shots that we would copy. And we just wanted to do something that, that is like fast paced, is really phlegmatic, cool shots. And, and there was also that animation aspect, which was not present in the script, but we which we really, really wanted because we wanted to have a way to to adapt that dream world, that fantasy world where she is uh, to the screen. And and but we were a bit afraid of that because we 
we thought that okay, Kevin and Marvel would not allow it because it was not present in the other MCU shows or movies. Um, and we were very inspired by Into the Spider-Verse, but obviously that was an animation movie. Yeah. So we came up with with a whole dossier with with uh, with, <laughs> with you know a presentation with examples and all that and how we saw that animation and why it was important to us and to the character. And then you know, surprisingly, Kevin said, "Yeah, go for it. Don't go overboard. Don't do it every five <laughs> seconds, but go for it." And that's how we then the designed that that opening sequence where it was stop motion with a voiceover the, the text messages that you would do the environment that changes the, the murals and all that that come to life and and over, over overall just trying to have you know really nice colorful sweeping moving shots as much as possible on the other hand we also big fans you know of American high school movies and and, and John Hughes and, and the John Hughes movies you know Ferris Bueller yeah. uh, Parker yeah. Lewis Can't Lose which is a, based on on the you know, yeah, all, these <laughs> all, all that we were like oh Nice. Now we can make our own American high school uh, TV show. And also, you know, we also have Spike Lee uh, in our mind where, you know, when you see New York, you, we wanted to New Jersey to be a character like New York is in Spike Lee movies. So all of that just created this show that's a remix of all these influences. Like hip hop. <laughs> 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 that's amazing I, I love that I, I love that there's some amazing camera moves as well there's a moment not to give too much away folks uh, listening at home who haven't seen the episode yet but there's a moment where Kamala sits down and uh, well spoiler alert but she sits down on a sofa <laughs> and I love the the way that you're you know the, the really unusual camera angle the way the camera tracks with her or she's having a conversation with her teacher and you do split screen in a really interesting way so you know there, there were no rules here you were throwing the rule book out yeah, exactly. It was just trying to do, I mean, those stuff take like 15 takes to make it work. And, and, and when we try to explain it to the crew, what we're going to do, they're like, what are you going to do exactly? <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but that's a challenge. We love doing those yeah, things. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's like, oh, let's let's try to do a shot like that. But then technically it's all. You got to build it all. And it's, it's super complex, but, but that's the fun of it, you know? This is incredibly, I mean, Aman is phenomenal in the title role. And yeah, I believe it, this is her, obviously her first time acting yes. in front of a camera. It's her first time acting full stop, isn't it? Yes. Yes. First time, first time ever. at all. Yeah. That's wild. So you were the guys who were there on her very first day. Talk me through that. How nervous was she? Was she nervous? She strikes me as someone who maybe doesn't have nerves. <laughs> what was that like? <laughs> well, I think, I think we were all nervous the first day, but she's a natural, you know? She's a natural. She, I mean, she, she was, she was herself, you know, already a big, big fan of uh, the Miss Marvel comic. And she herself is also like a big fan of Marvel and Kevin Feige is her idol and Iron Man is a favorite movie. So it's kind of, you know, really parallel with Kamala Khan's story. And yeah. and um, so, she, when, you know, she's like an encyclopedia. She knows everything about about the Marvel Universe. So that for us as directors was a blessing. <laughs> and, and she has this natural, you know, she's very authentic. She's real and she's uh, very smart. She's a cinephile. She comes from Toronto. So she's been to Toronto Film Festival. She knows yeah. all about movies. She was yeah. kind of like, you know, a, a, a movie director herself. So um, it was like one big team and, and it was just crazy to, to have somebody that's for us like a filmmaker on our sides. So that was yeah. a real pleasure. Feels like it was her destiny to play Kamala Khan. Indeed, because I was going to say, because guys, obviously, you know, Kevin Feige is also my idol and I know a shitload <laughs> about Marvel as well. And yet if this had been me on day one, I would have been a puddle. So there seems to be something about the fact that I've read so much about how there's no line, you know, where a man ends, Kamala Khan begins and, and so on. Yeah. And so in terms of nailing the character, did you guys have to have many conversations with her? Did she arrive fully formed in terms of understanding the character and, and nailing Kamala? I think she, she understood. She might be the person that understands the most Kamala Khan of everybody in the world. So she was teaching you guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were more talking about, you know, her life, how she is and, and her background of family, friends and all of that and trying to inject as much of her personality into the character. And the story, you know, the story of, of Iman Vellani is the story of Kamala Khan. Is that girl that, you know, grew up with the Marvel movies and, and never thought that one day she would be part of that. And all of a sudden she is an actress in the MCU. She's playing a superhero. And, and that is just crazy to see, you know, it's almost meta to see what her story is and what the stories of Kamala Khan. The show is many things. Uh, it is, as you guys say, quite rightly, it's a high school comedy. It's it's John Hughes meets Mean Girls, but with superpowers. But you also have this this superhero origin st origin tale. Also, 
And you have this very specific family drama, but it's family comedy drama, I would say. Uh, can you talk about about that aspect of it? Uh, you know, tackling and nailing Kamala's cultural background and introducing her her parents and her family, who I think are going to steal the show. Her dad, in particular, yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but the dad is the this our dad's like his his, his like dad, dad, his yeah. dad, you know, <laughs> like uh, the sweet. <laughs> Old man who has a lot of wisdom. <laughs> same, 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 you know, same, same hat, clothing, same, same clothes. Hat. Uh, the, yeah, the Muslim padre, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but it, and, you know, <laughs> but it's it's the the super. We say the superpowers of Kamala Khan is actually her family and friends. That that's a real superpower. Yeah, it's kind of like us, you know. When we started mo- making movies, we, we you know you fail and you fall and you you struggle. You struggle, and then you have your friends and your family who's there to support you and all the ways, and that's what it is for Kamala Khan, you know, trying to find her way um, and, and, and having her family and friends being her superpower. Yeah. Like for us, there is also a really personal connection because we are Muslim, Belgian, Moroccans, and mm-hmm. we're between these two worlds, you know, the Belgium and Morocco. We don't know where we belong to when we were 16 years old. And same for Kamala Khan is between the American culture and the Pakistani Muslim culture. So for us, it was like super relatable and, and that personal connection. And plus the comic book really, uh, told that story. It, there was a, the comic book was already gold. We had the best base we could uh, we could imagine, you know, uh, yeah. hope for. So, yeah. and you have you have this uh, this lovely thread that runs through both episodes I've seen so far, where there is this this tension, especially with with Kamala's mother, uh, where she is very very keen to obviously make sure her daughter is is responsible and well looked after and and safe, but also to uphold traditions and Kamala is pushing against that and trying to forge something new. And is that again, something that, that you guys were able to, to lock into? Yeah, that's, that's, it's, it's, you know, reminds us of us, you know, when, when we want to try stuff out to, you know, searching for ourselves, uh, hanging with friends. And then, then our parents would say, no, this is not you. <laughs> so that's something that very realistic. And I think a lot of, a lot of people, girls, Muslim girls, but also just, I think everybody can recognize themselves in, in, in that, in that aspect with parents and the struggle when you're a teenager. Yeah, and th- th- I I love the fact that it's so, it-, it is so surprising and it is so fresh as well. I don't want to get too much into spoiler territory, but there's a really interesting immersion in character rather than action. I would say you you don't set up straight from the off anyway. You don't set up a a villain, someone to uh, oppose Kamala. Was that always was that always the case? That we're just plunged into her world and. It's not about conflict right away. Well, it's it's about it's first about her, you know, trying to have this grounded character of her and her conflicts as a as a teenager, as a Pakistani American teenager, which is already a lot of conflict. I'm for us, <laughs> yeah, you know, we didn't need to have a villain to have enough conflict in our lives uh, as a teenager. And obviously, it's still a, an MCU show, so it, it will evolve. But I think that it was important to to have people first, you know, getting to know her, her world, and care about her, and then see how the story evolves and becomes bigger as her superpower starts to manifest. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of talk about her powers, uh, yeah. and how they're 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 different. They're different, but you know, but yeah. kind of the same from from yeah. the, from the comic book. There there are tweaks certainly. Uh, yeah. From a visual point of view, what was that like for you guys? How did how did you go about? How did you decide how to show her powers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know, Kimmy Feige wanted to to have an adaptation, not a literally you know translation translation of the comic book. So we adapted. Uh, the the superpowers and it was very interesting because the first thing we read was like heart light yeah and the heart light felt like okay it was not really described in detail you know? so, so it was cool to create this new superpower with the visual effects team and we we wanted to, to you know capture still the spirit from in the comic book you know that she doesn't know how to use that superpower uh-huh. and and but still have those moments of you know but the hand becomes big, but then with the with the lighting and the, and 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 it was I mean just just from a, from a pure visual standpoint, it was really cool to play with that light and then and, and the crystally aspect of it. Um, so for us, there was a lot of influence from manga 
Yeah. So yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it's our own anime thing that that you know if we have season two on our movie, we can even go further. Um, but yeah, who knows? Maybe there's a you know multiverse. Uh, maybe there's a Kamala Khan who has exactly the same power. <laughs> who knows? Everything's possible. Uh, you know. <laughs> ideal. Ideal. Yeah. You've, no, you've just complicated the matters. Do, do, do <laughs> not Pandora's box. <laughs> do not bring multiverse into this just yet. There's only one Kamala. I can as far as I'm concerned right now. That's and- right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or is there? <laughs> I've got you guys going a second, uh, which is which is a real shame. But I did want to talk about the big centerpiece of the first episode, which is a convention I wish existed and want to go yeah. to, uh, Avengers yeah. Con. Uh, it's it, that's really fun. Uh, how, how how much fun was it for you guys to to stage? I imagine it was. Pretty challenging. Well, it was. Yeah, it was too much. Fun, too man. much fun. Yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we went on set and we just became crazy. You know, yeah, yeah. we took selfies the whole time. We took, you know, the Ant-Man head. You know, the Thor hammer. We were playing with all the toys, doing selfies. <laughs> you know, trying to you know, grab some T-shirts and all that. And then the producer had to, you know, you know, focus, <laughs> focus, direct <laughs> shoot the scene. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, like you were really giggling the whole time. <laughs> So, uh, I hope you never see the behind the uh, yeah. behind the scene footage. Yeah. Because, uh, oh, there is some, there is some. But, uh, but no, I mean it was it was like you know our chance to do like a, the first big action set piece, and 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 it was really a mix of a lot of practical effects and VFX, and and obviously with all these extras and all that. So so yeah, we had a lot of fun with the Ant Man head rolling, you know, like homage to Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was <laughs> yeah, there was something that we came up with with, with Chris Glass, our production design, but it was just the greatest set ever ever been on actually yeah and, and and that's so i think that's so cool about this is you know kamala khan is a fan she's she's a fan of the marvel superheroes and 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 um and this is our you know our homage to all the fans of, yeah. of marvel it's really homage to the fandom uh, and and we hope that they appreciate that and uh, even tom holland came on set yeah, one day tom holland came on set yeah really he also thought it was super cool yeah they were shooting you know way home across you know the same the same lots you know across the streets of it uh yeah he was really impressed too so that was cool i was thought we had him here yeah, I said, spider-man watch out miss marvel is coming <laughs> well it's new jersey and queens and those those places yeah. are very even my new york geography i know that they're quite far apart well i gotta let you go thanks very much adil bilal yeah. cheers thank pleasure you. thank you Peace. thank Peace, you brother. Okay, that was Adil and Bilal, as they prefer to be billed. Can't wait to see what they've got planned for the final episode. Next up in this grand interview jamboree is Bishop K. Ali, who created the show for television and is head writer on the series. She's a British comedian, podcaster and writer, and I spoke to her about the show's particular specificity, not just in terms of Kamala being the first Muslim title character in the MCU, but also being a teenage girl, which in one very funny scene sees a moment of real progress for Marvel. We also spoke about Kamala's relationship with her parents, and we discussed just how famous the reclusive Captain Marvel actually is in the world of the MCU. Here we go. Miss Marvel head writer and creator, Bishop K. Ali. Enjoy. We're delighted to be joined in this Miss Marvel <laughs> preview podcast by the show's head writer, Bishop K. Ali. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm so excited to be able to finally talk about this show in public. <laughs> how long How long have you been keeping mum, so to speak? Have you been... <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I got this job in 2019. I don't know, in the before times. Um, <laughs> so keeping mum, I suppose, three years now. Well, not keeping mum. I think I'll still be keeping mum forever. That's, I don't know. I feel like if I say the wrong thing, Kevin Feige will like rappel down through uh, my skylight into my apartment and be like, no, <laughs> yeah. um, I'll be keeping mum forever. Yeah. Kevin's exhausted from having to do this over the years. He's he's constantly having to rappel through people's windows and <laughs> do all mm-hmm. sorts. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's tough on the old back uh, over time. But, uh, so, <laughs> so where did you start? Because the, the show is, it feels so different uh, to me than, than previous, certainly MCU shows that, that we have seen stylistically and uh, in terms of uh, in terms of the the grammar the visual grammar of the show it feels very different but obviously Kamala is is you know such a, a breath of fresh air I would say in the MCU she feels unlike any character we've seen so far so how what was your starting point for bringing the show oh to, to the screen starting, the starting point was the comics like the comics are um, I think it's the quickest turnaround from comics to a on-screen adaptation um, for any of their properties for anything that 
Marvel has and has done in the past. And she um, she meant so much to so many people in the comic books. And that was always the starting point, including myself. She meant a great deal to me as well. So mm. the comic books were always the beginning point for how we'd go about doing this and how we construct it. And specifically um, her character, and I mean that sans superpower elements, I mean purely like who she is, her world, her relationships, her family, which was so important to me to like build on. That was that I was I was like, we have never seen this, let's chase this. Yeah. Um and then genuinely on the first day of the writers room, I sat around with all of the writers. We'd already been interviewing we and one of the things I said to everyone is like, what is your greatest hope for this show and what is your greatest fear? And we went around and discussed what those were. And luckily we're all deeply in alignment, which is great. And that was our, our starting point is we want to build from a place for our most ambitious, most hopeful um, storytelling based off of these comics. Um, and yeah, it, that was really where we started from in the writer's room. I mean, I'd already pitched a version of the show to Kevin by then. Um, he was like, not that, but you, yes. <laughs> so we, <laughs> that's how we started out the process. Um, and like I say, the whole thing was really based on her character and what this character is going to go through. And knowing that we had the luxury of time, we had the luxury of six hours, that most characters, I mean, Moon Knight accepted, didn't have the luxury of this much time in their origin story for us. And yeah. that, I think, we're so excited by that time and how we were going to use it. Uh, that was one of the things I, I loved about it, that you take your time and you, you're not, you don't feel necessarily that you need to dial into a bad guy plot yet so to speak. I, I suspect there will be an antagonist uh, who will be introduced in due course. But this is very imagine much about... Imagine the whole show was just vibes, though. Like, imagine if it was just just Kamala vibes. I'm, I'm not, Honestly... I'm not to be this guy, but also, it would be great. Like, Kamala just vibing for six hours. Yes, come on. Uh, I've, I've we've said this many many times in the Emperor podcast. We were huge fans of the MCU, and uh, and you know, and some of the villains are great. But every now and again, when a villain interrupts, it's like, oh, I wanted to hang out with these guys for a bit more. So, <laughs> you know, so it's great that, that we get to do I'm that. I'm a with- fan. That's exactly right, though. The way when the way you just put that is exactly right in terms of um, my feelings. As I'm always like, oh, I just want to hang out with her. I want to spend time in her world and with these with the, the dynamic and the friendship dynamic and the family dynamic. Um, and that was always in the back of my head and to, to the extent that I had to be tempered and be like, yeah, okay, Bishop, let's, let's go. Um, so in some ways I was tempered because I just come off Loki and I was like, this is a huge show in terms of scope and I can't be out here pitching like, I don't know, banana things that I was pitching at the beginning. Um, but then at the same time, once we got into building and putting on the page her and these different dynamics, I was just luxuriating in it. And I feel like at least the response that we've seen over the first two episodes that people are luxuriating in spending time with her too and that, that makes my heart so happy and, and her family also who i think are phenomenal so far there's the the scene and again we can't get too much into because this is a preview uh I think and not I know a spoiler scene if i had to guess okay guess guess and then, and then we'll see if we're on the same page uh, but i feel like we can't say it because of the thingy <laughs> oh that's true that's a like very very good point one, well i'm like doing a mime at you like <laughs> That one? <laughs> well, let's just say it's a scene involving her mother. Yes. Um, and there's a very, very interesting... I, I love the relationship so far with her parents, where her father idolizes her. Both parents idolize her, of course. Mm-hmm. But her father idolizes her and would do anything for her to the point of, you know, well, we can't say. But... Well, he does, yeah. <laughs> he does, yes. Yeah. So there's also... There's also... But her mother... There's a there's a, there's a tension there. There's a tension between yeah. her mother wanting the best for her daughter, her daughter wanting to, to fly the coop and plow her own furrow, and her mother wants to cling to the to traditions a little bit. And was that something that, that you wanted to 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 nail in a way, that that very, very specific uh, aspect of the family dynamic here? Yes, it was something that was so important to us and also to nail in a way that didn't feel stereotypical mm. in that, oh, they just don't understand each other and their odds. I think it's, I hope that we've accomplished something more complex than that in that it's all coming from a very obvious place of love um, and there's a deep sense of, oh, you just wish they could get on the same page because they do love each other. Um, and I also think with teenagerhood, and certainly this is my experience, is uh, it just feels like it's a constant negotiation. Like it's, you're negotiating your position with your parents, your parents are negotiating their new position with you as you're maturing. And I think that dynamic was really important. And I think 
it's really obvious in our show, um, certainly in the first two episodes where you're like, wait, well, okay, where they're constantly moving positions and they're adjusting to where they are at different points in their lives. And it's not just for Kamala to negotiate, it's also for both her parents to negotiate and figure out too and adjust to change. And I think that being feeling real and feeling presented without judgment and presented with compassion from our from us as writers yep. mm-hmm. felt really important um and very personally recognizable to me so yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely right I mean, it's, it's that tension is between between kamala who is very much a young pakistani american girl and her parents who are so traditionally pakistani in their outlooks i mean they, they've they've come to america as as immigrants and they have you know they've they've been through so much and that mm-hmm. tension, I think, is just really, really interesting to to the show. But there's a warmth there, which I thought was really, really lovely. Yeah, thank you. And I think to also put it to, to, to put it this to you is that it's they're also not isolationary. Like if you look yeah. at how oh, I'm trying to be careful what I say, but how they embrace <laughs> Bruno, how yes. they embrace Bruno, integrate that familiarity, that love between them. That's that felt really beautiful and important to us. Yeah. And like there's a, the two scenes, like small little details that we put in there that I was like. Oh yeah. See, there's it's we're not an isolation. Like we're not isolating ourselves. We're not like this, yeah. these parents, these strict traditional. That's not. That's too simple. That's not what we're going for. Precisely. And it's not real for me, and it's not real for this audience. I think so. That that layer of complexity that actually it's not as clear cut as traditional versus non traditional yeah. is really what we wanted to accomplish. I think. I absolutely agree. But uh, Bishop, we don't talk about Bruno. Sorry. <laughs> I wish that had come out at the time in the writer's room because we would have been seeing that all the time. And the number of like Bruno, the number of like team Bruno, team not Bruno conversations that were going on, full on fights in the writer's room. Oh my gosh, it was great. Um, okay. Well, we're t- we're, obviously we're tiptoeing around stuff, but um, I think people can guess where, what, what this means, but I'm, I'm very much firmly team Bruno. I'm just going to... Is it? I'm going to nail my colours to the mast. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I will... Come back to me uh, on like an Empire Spoiler podcast in like five weeks and then let's talk. Uh, it's a deal. It's a deal. But there's 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 also, you talked there about, you know, how specific Kamala is as a character. And it's not just, you know, it's not just about being culturally specific. It's also about the fact she's a teenage girl. Uh, you know, we've seen Peter Parker in the MCU. We've seen a teenager grow up in the MCU, but this felt really new and fresh and different to me. And I never, I never thought I would see the day when tampons were not only discussed in a Marvel property, but shown in a Marvel property. Obviously, Bishop, I passed out, uh, and when I came to the episode was over, so I had to go back and rewatch it again. But that, that again, feels like something that I don't know whether a, a, a battle had to be fought for that to happen. Can you talk me through through presenting that aspect of her? Um, the battles that were fought, we will never speak of <laughs> the, the, uh, because I won enough of them to be happy. And so good. they never happened. Good, good. Um, but that was not a battle at all. And Sana especially is so, Sana Manat, our producer, she, our exec, one of the executive producers, she was mm. so great about these things and such a champion of everyone and everything. And like, it's hard to be a champion of everyone and everything when there's so many like very strong headed creators involved. And she managed this with such finesse. What a hero. Um, but the she she would never second guess things like that. That was important to her as much as it was important to me. And I think, yeah, I'm like I'm so <laughs> even though we kind of created it. Still, when I see some of the things we've managed to put on in a Marvel TV show, I'm like, we are bananas what we got through on this show. And like, there's more to come, guys. Um, and so yeah, the fact that they've never in all of Marvel ever you've never seen a tampon or anyone talk about a pad like. It's a, it's a teenage girl. It's a big deal. I'm passing it out again here. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bloke, bitch. I can't, I can't, I can't. People, people were stressed about the powers. Wait till they see the tampons. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, I'm gonna get yes, in indeed. So much trouble. That sound clip's gonna murder me. Yeah. Uh, yeah that, that should be the tagline. Honestly, uh, <laughs> stick know. stick that in your poster. That's what I say. But uh, <laughs> but, but there's there's there's. I'm so dreading the tweets. I'm so dreading. <laughs> oh, fear. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. But there there's so much about about Kamala, which is is just uh, amazing. You, you really you really uh, love the character from the off as well. And yeah, I know that there's a, a thin dividing line between. Man and and Kamala, which is really interesting. When she came on board, when you when you cast her, did you have to tailor the character at all for her, or was the fact that she basically was Kamala Sans superpowers was that helpful to you? 
It was certainly helpful. Um, as soon as I met her, when she, the first time I met her was when she was brought out for a screen test. This is pre-COVID, um, just like just pre-COVID by like a week. Um, and I was with Sarah Finn, the casting director, and we yes. had the monitors while she was she was doing some scenes. Right. And me and Sarah Finn like both teared up watching her on the monitor. We both immediately like tears were in our eyes because we're like, oh my god, it's come up. It, it's her. We found her. And for me, because like for those kind of test things, like it's not my best work because we're like in a rush and I also have to write the actual show. Um, but then later when we, I was hearing her deliver the lines that we'd written and also adapting, it was important to adapt to her in terms of um, I'm in my 30s. I'm not a teen in 2020. And I'm very aware of that. I'm not precious in the sense that um, like I'll, if you want to adapt a joke to fit your voice, let's adapt the joke to fit your voice. That's important. And I think that's, that's the actors are that's the actors' creativity gets to come into it too. Yeah. So um things are adapted to change, not the storyline, but certainly the um in the moment to moment and how she would deliver things, what was comfortable for her, what uh, how she speaks and expresses herself. That's a lot of that is her, and it's so important to be able to adapt to that. So it's a combination, I I would say. And she it was super helpful to me also, because I could hear the dialogue as soon as like I said, when we had that monitor, I could hear my dialogue and my writers' rooms, all the writers' dialogue, I could hear it in her in that moment I could hear those words coming out of her and I was like yes this is right this makes sense um and it was just like mad it was so like fake mad like you know when you have like a memory you're like did that happen it was like fake <laughs> magic um and now she just is her like there's no and I was so excited I was like oh my god like they don't even like the world doesn't even know that this is the new generation of Marvel and she just walked into our lives like I had this like moment of thinking that like oh shit oh she's here and it's happening so so Sarah Finn, I mean, is the is the the, the casting almost the, the the sort of the Infinity Stone, the casting Infinity Stone. She's oh at the gosh. center of everything. So of everything, yeah, yeah. So she just you know, with her, you got the sense almost immediately, and you know, she was just like, "Yeah, well, this is it. We don't have to look anymore." And then you you, you just go out to the room and go, I mean, "Sorry, girls, look, we're, we're looking. We had been looking. I'd been like on people's Instagrams, being like, she could audition. <laughs> like it was." An intense and very vast search, but it was really very specific. We knew some of the things that we needed. We also, there's like a, there's a tone to Kamala, there's a vibe to her, there's an energy. Um, sorry to get woo-woo on you, but there's something like inherent in her that this person had to encapsulate. And also we didn't want to cast like a, someone a lot older to play someone that character's age, right? So that was something that felt important. So that also meant someone who could adapt to being on a humongous set and in production learning your lines, hitting your marks. Those are things that you have to have confidence that someone's going to be able to pick up as well through the training and the learning. So it's like, man, the the target is small. Like the target of all those things is small. Um, so it was a really extensive search. And I saw, like her uh, audition was just her filming herself. I think it was, I don't know if I've made this memory up, but like I think the video was like her filming herself in a bathroom or in front of a really tall mirror and delivering the thing. And we saw it and we're like, yeah, let's please let's get her to read and do all this kind of thing. So um, it was really Sarah's magic of like going out into the world. And I can't speak for Sarah. I'd never like to speak to, for anybody else. But in that moment, at least I felt a connection with Sarah and a connection with this moment of like, oh, wow, you've, you've done your magic again. Like she's here and I can't believe it. I can't believe it. She's so like the new, she's it. Sorry, I'm such a hype girl for Miss Marvel. No, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Hype away, hype away. And there's there's a really interesting there's there's a there's a a really important character in the show that we don't see for obvious reasons. Unless, of course, you got a, like a super duper mega cameo uh, up your sleeve. You're not telling us about for the last episode, yeah. which is of course Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. And I wanted to ask about that from a, the the point of view of incorporating her into this world. So we're post-Endgame, we're post-the-battle of, of Endgame. Uh, but by and large, Captain Marvel is a character who stays off the radar in that universe. So did you have conversations about how well-known oh, yes. she is and how much people oh have God. seen her, that sort of stuff? This debate, how it raged, this debate. <laughs> yes, uh, we had uh, many a conversation. Like, that doesn't make sense. How does she even know she exists? Like, yeah, I get it, guys. So there's loads of going back and forth and going round and round with Kevin, especially because also there are elements like that in terms of the connectivity with the rest of the MCU yeah. that are not necessarily inherently character based, which is my constant focus. And that are also constantly changing, right? Like um, the schedules are changing or when story, different shows are going to be released is changing. Like Moon Knight was, we were actually started writing before Moon Knight started writing. 
and they released before us. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like a flipperoo with Moon Knight in us. So mm. things change all the time. So the information that the audience has is always is changing in real time. So by the time we're shooting our show, especially because we have COVID in the middle, mm. something else could be in the public knowledge around um, the MCU and depending on what's happened inside the MCU. So you're always, um, you have to be flexible and open to adapting some of the logistics, shall we say, of that gotcha. kind of thing. The bits where we kind of answer the questions that you have within the show, um, we're like playful and cute, and but also it kind of made sense to me exactly how um, she knows everything that she does know about Captain Marvel. But at one point I was like, surely someone had an iPhone at the final battle in Endgame. And Kevin was like, Bisha, I don't know about that. <laughs> like someone was filming it on their phone. Like someone was live streaming it. Some Twitch streamer was like, I'm out here. Thanos has arrived. Like, guys. I believe it. So that was exhausted Visha being like, I don't know how to solve this problem yet, but we we got there in the end as a team. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of debates around those kind of moving pieces. Um, and also, again, sorry to hop on about this, but mm. we go back to character and what how we present that information is through Kamala, what Kamala would do. And I think that's, we got to a good solution in the end. Fantastic. Uh, well, I've got to let you go, Bishop. But I, I, just real quick, Thank I you. wanted to ask you, there's a podcast is alluded to. Um, in the opening minutes of the show. Uh, is there any talk about making that podcast a reality? Because I would love to hear it. <laughs> My dream. I would listen to that podcast nonstop. I I don't know the answer to that yet. I will uh, pitch it to Kevin next time he jumps through my skylight. <laughs> Which will be any second now, because I'm, I'm going to let you go. Uh, Bishop K. Thank Ali, it's so been much. an absolute pleasure. And yes, spoiler special. Let's do it. Five weeks time. Make it so. I can't wait. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Chris. Thanks very much. Take care. And that was Bishika Ali. And last but not least in our Miss Marvel Marathon is Sana Amanet, who is not just an editor at Marvel Comics, actual Marvel Comics, but is also the co-creator of Kamala Khan and is part of the creative and producing team on Miss Marvel, the show. Which and this is where we began, is something of a first for the company in terms of a comic book creator porting over to the TV show or movie inspired by that character. We spoke about that, we spoke about AvengerCon, and we spoke about the challenges and rewards of seeing a character you created come to life in front of your very eyes, so to speak. Do please enjoy. We are delighted to be joined in this Miss Marvel preview podcast by Sana Amanet, the producer of the show. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for having me here. Indeed. And I should have said, co-creator of Miss Marvel, co-creator of Kamala Khan. And uh, I, I've been racking my brains. I think this is the first time in the history of the MCU that someone who co-created the character has been involved in the translation to the big screen. Yeah, it's actually kind of kind of wild. I mean, I don't I don't have the um, uh, exact facts, but I, I feel like that might be true. And I think when when Kevin hired me to 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 be uh, the producer on the series, he um, uh, very much, I think, was entrusting me with this this kind of um, uh, new role of, of really evolving um, the, the, the character from the comic to live action, which can be challenging because you're so you look at it from a very you know, one perspective and being able to kind of let go of certain things. Um, but it's been such a wonderful journey. And I feel uh, really lucky to be able to continue to tell Kamala's story that they have continued to entrust me with it. Um, that's been really incredible and awesome and, and scary and all the things. <laughs> Let's talk about the scary stuff first. What was the scariest part of it for you? <laughs> oh, my God. You know, the scary part was like making sure that it really stayed true to what the comics, what I love about the comics, even just as a fan myself of the comics, like what I loved so much about it. And so just making sure that it felt really kind of funny and off the cuff and quirky and weird and still had a lot of love and joy and heart to it. um, I think that was a challenge and just making sure stylistically it felt right um, and, and tonally all of those things. And, you know, I I will say, like, we have such a wonderful creative team from our directors to our department heads, um, you know, our our composer and all the different kinds of musicians and artists we brought on board. I feel very lucky that people understood that and have kind of decided to try different and new things. Um, And that, uh, I think, has translated beautifully the comic into the Mm -hmm. show and still makes the show feel like its very own thing. Um, um, so I'm very, very happy about that. 
And what was the easiest thing? What was what was the thing that that you thought might be challenging in terms of uh, in terms of translating uh, Kamala to the to the to the screen? And actually, was a cinch when it happened. Our cast, our cast, <laughs> hands down, our cast. They're amazing. I mean, often people and people. I mean, I've, we've been talking like Iman. Everyone knows she's perfect. She's absolutely Kamala Khan through and through. But we also have such an incredible cast across the board. Nakia, Bruno, Kamran, you know, Yusuf, um, Maniba, Amir, Taisha, like, you know, Sheikh Abdullah. Like, we just got such great cast who just like you don't have to give many notes to like they'll do a scene and you're like, yeah, that was good. You know, like, that, oh, I didn't see that. Person. Oh, that was great. You know, or you give a note to and they just they take the note in unexpected directions. And so it's been really awesome to see them transform the characters. Um, and they really have made it easier. They've really made the show into what it is because they're all so talented and so really fun to work with. So fun to work with. So, so talk me through. There, there are two very specific firsts with with Aman and with Kamala that I, I wanted to talk about. One is the first day you saw her on set uh, as as this 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 character that you know, that you were there, you co created this character. Yeah. What that was like for you, and then this first time, maybe in the same day, but the first time you saw her as full on Kamala Khan with costume and powers and everything. So it's funny. So obviously like the first, the first time I met, you know, Iman on set was, I mean, on set was like, is there, it was just Iman Villani. She showed up, she's wearing like a cute little outfit and she just like looked so cool. And she had these cool gold glasses. I'm like, Oh my God, she's such a cool girl. Like it was like, this is so, I wish I was like her when I was her age, I was not even close to it. And she was very confident and sweet and kind and on all and nervous, of course. But like when we first rolled camera, actually, our first day on set, she um, the first scene was her dressed up as Captain Marvel in one of Brie Larson's actual costumes, one of the doubles costumes um, from (laughs) Captain Marvel. So she was feeling it. She was feeling so good just walking in, like just lots of power and energy. And um, she threw herself through a window. She did a stunt. It was really awesome. So it was an, a great day to be on set. Very surreal, very meta because it's like, you know, Kamala is Captain Marvel, Iman on the Marvel set. And she's a huge Marvel fan. So many meta things happening at the same time, which was so fun. Um, and then when Iman wore the Miss Marvel costume, it was so cool. We did a screen test and she kind of walked out so confident. I got really emotional just seeing that costume together for the first time. and. She looked great. She looked also authentic and different. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so Ar- Arjun Basin, I want to give a special sh- shout out to our costume supervisor, a, cop- a costume designer um, uh, who just really elevated overall the look of our show. But just that outfit, he they made it in house, which we never do at Marvel. And it just looks so great. And he had never he's like, what am I doing? How am I doing this? And um, it's just oh God, it's about I've had a lot of emotional days in the last two years and that was one of them that was really one and then when she sat on that lamppost that killed me that was a beautiful moment was that a a day when a lot of people came to set for that one a lot of people came to set that day who who maybe didn't even need to be there yeah (laughs) who didn't need to be there yeah it was it was pretty awesome yeah (laughs) Uh, and uh, you know, speaking of this being in house at Marvel, uh, there is a really fun sequence towards the end of the first episode, set at Avengers Con, uh, which is a convention that I desperately want to be real. Uh, but the <laughs> M- the MC at that is Ryan Pinagos, who is of course uh, Agent M. Yes, I love it. You're real. You're a real. Uh, you know the world. You know fandom. Oh, me and Ryan. <laughs> me and Ryan were tight. We are. We are tight. Ryan, it was just fun because like we were like thinking of like who we were gonna we're like, oh, we'll get an MC guy, blah, blah, and we're doing all this different casting. And I was like, well, Ke- Kevin is like, well, why don't like, should we just ask Ryan Panagos? Like everybody knows him. I'm like, yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> and so call, I called up Ryan and Ryan and I are also old friends because we worked together for so long. And he's like, uh, sure, why not? And, you know, it was the middle of a pandemic and he had just had a baby. So he was so gracious. Um, yeah, I, I like that little wink. I felt that felt meta to me too. It was like, it was real. 
fandom and and hopefully there will be an AvengerCon in the future. Yeah, so. absolutely. I'd be, I'd be bang up for that. And and, and listen, yeah. you know, Sana and, and Kevin, if you're listening, and Kevin, I know you listen to the podcast because you've told me you have in the past. And you're <laughs> and there's there's a season two of Miss Marvel or a movie, and you're looking for someone to host AvengerCon two. Don't go for Agent M. He's old hat. <laughs> just just slide into my DMs and I'm I'm cheap and I'm available and I'm willing to do it. That's it. There, there you go. I don't think Kevin Feige knows what sliding into DMs is, I will tell you that. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't think Kevin slides into anyone's DMs. This is this is sure. He has people who slide into DMs for him. That's what yeah. Kevin, <laughs> that's what Kevin does. Uh, but uh, there's there's another aspect of of Kamala which uh, in terms of the translation from comic to to screen, which has been much discussed, and I know you've talked about this in the past, but the, the powers, her skill set, and that is something that's very, very different, uh, uh, but but also kind of not. Can you talk about that in terms of when that decision was made, why the decision was made? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it was, it was important, um, you know, overall for Kevin, for the writer's room to 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 try to evolve Kamala across the board to an extent. Um you know, and in the same way that her powers in the comics were really influenced by this like big event that happened in the MC in the in the Marvel universe at the time, we wanted the the com the the show to have Kamala's powers linked to something much bigger, both like in the MCU, but also linked to sort of her her legacy, her past, her kind of cultural inheritance, yeah, um, and her family. Um, and so I think that's really where the evolution came from was to be able to kind of tell a different version of her powers, but at the same time, you know, still have the essence of what her powers are, which, you know, you've got the embiggened fist. They evolve across the season. I cannot say anything more than that, (laughs) but there's some cool things that happen with her powers that I think are fun and quirky and just like, you know, her also navigating them and them kind of showing up in weird ways. And I think that is, um, you know, just a, a lovely metaphor still of her kind of growing and evolving herself. Um, and her kind of learning to um, understand what it means um, to to kind of show yourself as who you are versus pretending to be somebody else, which is one of the first challenges that Kamala goes through, mm. which is also very much a challenge of the comics. Absolutely, and there, there's uh, uh, the the decision, and I know it's been shown in the trailers, so I I, I hope we could talk about it to to an extent. The 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 heirloom the bracelet that's a really interesting um uh way to go as well can you talk about that and 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 which ties into as you say that sort of cultural specificity that it is an heirloom because it, it, a lot of the show so far uh in the two episodes i've seen is about that sort of push pull attention between the past and tradition and the future and the now and pushing ahead and forging your own path whilst also incorporating traditions from from your background and from your cultural background as well. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what the entire show is all about. I mean, I think that the 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 bangle is sort of representative of kind of aspects of of Kamala and and who she is and where she's come from and at the same time making it a little bit more her own. I mean, the yeah. the, the bangle is is its own little piece of her history and her past and I'm not going to be able to tell so much more about what happens with it and what it is, but it is an aspect of how our powers get. I know you, I know you tried, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I promise you, I promise you. You don't want to be spoiled. You don't want to be spoiled anyway. You want to enjoy the ride. Um, So, but I think that is, but I I think it is, is sort of a symbol of her identity. And I think we explore that with trying to understand a little bit more about where it came from and why she has it and, um, and why it, it is is so integral to her next chapter in her life. Um, so, you know, and I, I, I love that. I mean, I, I think the entire show is about sort of that, yes, that push and pull of, of where you're from and where you want to go and who you want to become and learning how to kind of bring it all together in this sort of special new form. Um, I think that's what I'm very excited about with this show. I think stylistically, this is perhaps one of the biggest departures in in the MCU. It feels so fresh and vibrant. And I spoke to Adil and Bilal. Uh, my God, those guys are whirlwinds of energy. And 
Uh, yeah. Try being on set with them for 10 hours a day. <laughs> That's, I guess there's two of them, so they get way more done than, than, than the directors anyway. It's helpful. Yeah. yeah. But was that, they, they said very much that the, the part of the, the decision to incorporate elements like the like the animated elements and uh, you know, the idea that that the Kamala's daydreams are 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 manifested on screen for us to see that was something that they they brought to the pitch. But was that something that you guys were talking about even in the conception of the show that it would feel different from other shows or even other films in the MCU? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that was the you know when we were working with the scripts, the first thing that. You know, when I was talking to the directors about it, it was like, how do we introduce her world and how do we make it feel unique? And they, you know, really um, gravitated towards the comics, which I really appreciated. And they're like, mm. well, you know, she is someone who lo- kind of looks at the world differently. So what can we do to be able to relay that? And, you know, fan fiction is a big part of Kamala's life. The, the Maybe the third page in the comics, she's already drawing fan fiction. <laughs> And, you know, and so, you know, I, 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 that was one of the things that I had brought up was I was like, well, she's bad, but she writes fan fiction. And they're like, what about animation? Like, how do you, you know, how can we incorporate animation in a real world? And them and Nordine, our VFX supervisor, just created this whole presentation about like the kind of animation that would exist in this world and how it could look different. And that's really, I think, sold the show, but also made the show feel different and also kind of similar to the comics because the comics are also kind of weird and quirky and have weird things happening in the background. So it was like a nice confluence of different ideas coming together and they really championed it. And I'm so happy that they did. Uh, amazing. Uh, I believe I have to let you go, uh, which is a massive shame. Uh, but oh, I'll come back. Oh, indeed. <laughs> indeed. We'll hopefully talk after the show has, yeah. f- has finished, but uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Sana, thanks so much Steve, for your time. Thank you so much. It was lovely talking to you. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Okay, so that was Sana Amanet, and that is it for our Miss Marvel preview podcast. The show, of course, begins on Wednesday, June 8th, and frankly, folks, if the quality of the last four episodes is as good as the first two, then we're in for something special. And of course, there's always a chance that it could both screw the pooch and jump the shark, but, you know, I think we're going to be good. Of course, if it did, that would be absolutely terrible for our weekly spoiler special podcasts, because yes, indeed... As with every live-action MCU show to date, we are going to be recording spoiler special podcasts for every episode of Miss Marvel and putting them up as soon as is humanly possible. And yes, we know that Obi-Wan Kenobi, Obi-Wan Kenobi overlaps for the next three weeks. I'm sure recording and editing two lengthy podcasts in the same day won't kill me. It's not like it's working down a mine! Anyway, these will be available for spoiler special subscribers. And if you don't already subscribe, then now is the time because these spoiler pods, folks, they're a ton of fun. And they may even feature the return of the beloved, in some quarters, Empire Podcast, Marvel Studios, Fanfare Orchestra. Who knows? We shall see. If you fancy subscribing, and simply go to empire.supportingcast.fm. That's empire.fm supportingcast.fm to sign up for just $2.99 a month that's £2.99 a month not £299 a month that would be ridiculous or £33 a year $32.99 a year bargain right that's it for me I'm off to lobby hard to play AvengerCon host number two alongside Marvel's very own Agent M in the second season of Miss Marvel I will also accept a cameo in the Marvels thank you for listening See you next time. Bye.